So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. Got a review from Naya Thompson, five stars. Very informative and useful information that can be immediately implemented. Thank you for this, Pat. Five stars, Naya Thompson. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you in full by Rebus University, the future of real estate training. Go now to www.rebusuniversity.com and use the coupon code ROCK for 20% off your first course. Double your commissions now with Rebus University. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest today coming from Charleston, South Carolina, Mr. Matt O'Neill is on the line. Matt, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. What's up, Pat? Man, glad to be here. Appreciate you having me. Hey, Matt, why don't you give our audience a little rundown on yourself so they can get to know you better? Sure, man. I'm a father of three kids under the age of four. Uh, got an awesome wife who's doing a lot of that work at, uh, at the home front, and she's also the broker of our company. So she's, uh, she's a real badass backbone of our company. I got a team of 27 agents and six staff and three ISAs, and we're just having a lot of fun. That's awesome. And you have your own company, right? I do, yeah. Matt O'Neill Real Estate? That's the name of it. That's a good name, man. <laughs> so uh, how long have you been in the biz, Matt? Uh, man, I got my license in 2006, so 11 years. Okay. And like of your business now, first, like, like, uh, well, let's get it in the nitty gritty right away. What, what was your, we like to call it on the show ECI, Ego Commission Income. What was your ECI last year? Yeah. Ego is, is that the, uh, the, the revenue or the sales? Yeah. The gross commission. Like what, what was your gross commission that you brought in since you, you own the company that the company brought in? Yeah. So yeah, this, this year we're at 4 million. $4 million. Yeah. Okay. So what is your net profit on that 4 mil? 12%. Okay. So, so you it's made about, about 500,000. Right. About half a million dollars. Okay. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that because one of the things you said before the show was uh, when you got out of production, your profit dropped but you're happy to have it drop because it gave you more time with your three kids and your wife. So, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll and, dig. and I pay, I pay myself a, a nice salary too, which, you know, I, I, I don't put that into my profit numbers because I'd have to pay somebody to be me. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. So what, so what's your salary? 360,000. 
Oh, that's a big, yeah, that's a big, you probably should put that, well, it doesn't matter. So we'll put that in. If we put that in, you're more at like 20%. Yeah, it might be. 500 plus 360 is 800. And then, you know, 20, then, then, you know what I mean? 800 yeah, right. out, out of 4 million is 20%. Yeah, it's not, it's not true profit though. I couldn't, re- like, you'd have to pay me that to work here. Yeah. Yeah. You might have to pay somebody 360. You could probably get away with 200. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I get you. I mean, it's honorable. It's an honorable thing to do for sure. So, all right. So like, like tell me about like uh, your team. What, like, what, how is your team set up? What is, what do you do for your 360? What is your job? All that good stuff. Yeah. So we are, we're a big team of, in, in this disguise of a brokerage. So we've got the 27 agents and they're all on 50-50 commission splits, um, buyers and sellers. And uh, the three inside sales agents are setting appointments, but they're making calls like crazy. So our big thing is high prospecting, uh, get in front of as many people as we can. And, um, you know, it sells, my, it sells as many homes as we can. Okay. So uh, how many, you have 27 agents, right? Yeah. Okay. And talk to me, uh, let's talk about a little bit about you getting out of production, right? Because before it was, you know, and, and I know what this is like. I did it, especially when you have a rock star model like you do when the name is on the company sign, Matt O'Neill Real Estate. So what was that like? How hard was it for you to get out of production? Man, once I made the decision, it was easy, but um, it was making that decision. And I, I was at a Tony Robbins business mastery event this year and I was sitting next to this other real estate agent and we'd kind of made friends there and we we're and Tony's like, Hey, create your goals for the next year. And I was like, man, you know, I'm pretty happy with my life. I love my, I love what I do. I love who I work with. You know, I'm pretty content doing what I'm doing. And he looked at me and he said, quit being a puss. And they're like, Shocked me. And well, I was Tony, like, Tony said that or the other oh, agent? Just some dude. Something yeah. actually. Uh, Random, right. uh, he's, he's a great guy. His name's Jonathan Harris. And he's in Tennessee. He runs a real estate company called Scout. But yeah, he's just like, basically, he's like, man, you're being a pussy. And like, in, in that, you know, just to talk that direct with me kind of woke me up a little bit. And I'm like, all right, okay. No, I, I, I hear you. You know, if, if I'm not growing, then I, I'm not really happy. And I wasn't extremely happy just doing what I was doing. Um, so I made the decision, I, I'm going to stop selling homes, I'm going to scale my team, I'm going to do more in terms of what I like, which is growing people and growing leaders and helping them have great lives, which is right now what I'm, I'm focused on. And um, so once I made the decision, it was easy. Okay. So tell me about the profit margin now. So what, what was your profit margin before you got out? Yeah, it was 25%. Uh, plus my salary. Plus your salary. Yeah, so thirty percent. So you drop maybe ten percent, mm-hmm. right, or more, right? And and you had to do that. So tell me about the transition. What happened? All that stuff. Sure, I, I still had a listing inventory, and I still do. So I'm riding. I'm riding that out. I'm closing out the sales that I have, which is nice. A little bit of a transition. And I, I just as soon as I decided to stop selling homes, I decided to start hiring agents. So I hired 10 agents in the past six months, grew my team from 16 to 27. So actually 11 agents. Um, and just put my focus into growing the team to scale to make up for that production. And you got, you know, you came back from Tony and uh, you said, okay, I'm doing this. 
First call comes in. Hey, Matt. Of course, it's probably someone you know, someone you took, you know, someone you sold a house to before that you felt connected to. Tell me about, you know, what you said to them, how you transferred it over to somebody else. Yeah, you know, uh, I just said, you know, our top agent's going to work with you. He's awesome. He's been with us a long time. He's going to do a great job for you. Uh, In a couple of situations, I actually had to go on the first meeting with the agent to transition, but I just just made a decision. I'm not going to take a client. That was that. Yeah. Uh, You know, one of the best scripts for that is uh, Howard Brenton taught me this way back in the day. We used to say, let me tell you how we work. Sure. Just take control of it like it's a doctor's office or a lawyer's office. Let me explain to you how we work. I have a top agent. She's better than me, right, that does all the listings. She's going to come out. She's going to give you a market analysis, blah, 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 blah. So that's awesome. All right. And um, what about emotionally? Was it tough? Were you like, oh, no, I'm making less money. Oh, no, they're going to drop the ball. Oh, no, they're going to lose business for me. No, Pat, I, I was burned out, man. Uh, I got I got two lawsuits this year. Had a bunch of just unappreciative clients throughout the summer. So, which all of that stuff was good because it it just made me just hate working with sellers uh, this summer. So it made it made me stop and working with them real easy. Why was someone suing you? Mm, you know, in both situations, the seller misrepresented the house, and I represented the seller. And then the, yeah. buyer, the buyer sues the seller and sues the agent that represents Yeah, of course, right? Sue everybody. Yeah, and the buyer's <laughs> agents, right? And like in one lawsuit, I'm, I'm one of 13 named. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's how the lawyers do it, right? You know, they, they sue 13 people and somebody's got deep pockets in there or someone's going to settle out or someone's going to have insurance, right? And they just sue everybody. Yeah, it's still not fun, though. No, it's bad. It's bad. But okay. Yeah. And you, it's hard not to take it personal. Sure. And, and I'm with you. You know, I think that a lot of agents go through the same thing. You know, it's very easy to delegate tasks in real estate when you've reached a threshold. Most agents I talk to, like they, they get rid of, they start getting rid of buyers as soon as they get so sick of driving them around in cars. And then most other agents I know, they get rid of sellers when they just get fed up with other things. You know what I mean? It almost is a good thing to get fed up with things because it helps you move on. It actually helped me move on to do this and to create Rebus University and Real Estate Rockstars. And then I had gotten so fed up with even the management and the, the entire process after, you know, 20 plus years in the biz. So I think it's a good thing because it, it, it helps us create change and do bigger and better and different things, and that's good for your soul. I agree, yeah. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been eBooks forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text 
Toolbox to 444-999. That's Toolbox to 444-999. All right, so where's your business come from? First of all, what, what percentage of your business is listings? What percentage is sales? Yeah, man, we're 55% listings, 45% buyers. Um, over half of our business is sphere of influence and referral. And then uh, like our next highest, you know, that, that makes up like 55 to 60%. And then our next highest would be expireds and for sale by owners, which are like 12%. So um, there's a big gap. Yeah. So well, you, I have to imagine you have some serious accountability and some serious like prospecting systems in place. Tell me about those. Yeah, man. Um, we just, we want all of our agents to have 20 conversations a day, which would be a hundred conversations a week. And our, our objective from that is to set two appointments and sign one client a week. Two appointments and sign one client a week. That's it. That's it. Two appointments a week, one client a week. That's it. And then you're going to get, uh, and then what do you got to do? Like a certain amount of hours a day or prospecting? Or? Yeah, 20, 20 conversations. So we use the Oh, mojo. you said that. 20 yeah. conversations per day. Per day, yeah. So we use the Mojo Dialer. So you can get 20 conversations in an hour and a half, two hours. And um, you know, the thing is, is if you don't focus on the conversations, our agents were having like, three or four conversations a day and they would think that they worked the whole day long to get those three or four conversations and really they just dialed the phone like 10 times. So once we started to really track how many people are you talking to every day and, and the, the minimum is 20, uh, our, our team really blew up. And on Mojo, we can see how many conversations they're having. And I had them all read this book called Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blount and that put things in perspective. Oh, that's funny. He, he was on my show earlier today, fanatical prospecting. So what'd you learn yeah. from that? Yeah, it's nothing new. Make phone calls every single day and you're going to have success. And if you don't, then you won't. Yeah, you don't, then you won't. Right. And um, okay. So what other systems are you excited about that you're using with your team? Yeah, you know, um, I, so I just got this tip from Tim Heil. Tim came to Charleston. And he uses a lead hopper. We've got 1,100 leads that are coming into our team every month. And what Tim does is, is he lets an agent, whoever gets to it first, call them immediately. And then the goal is Zillow taught us that we need to call these leads, call, text, and email three times in the same day. So as soon as you get it, call, text, email. A few hours later, call, text, email. Later that evening, call, text, email. Do the same thing the next morning. So the, the hopper, we let them have access to that lead until 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. And then if they haven't made contact by 10 a.m., it gets put into this hopper. And then with that hopper, all the agents can check it out and they can mojo through the leads that haven't been contacted the day before. But it puts the pressure on the agent who got the lead to call, text, and email as many times as it takes to get that guy on the phone today. Yeah, because after 10, they, it, it goes to the sharks. It goes, yeah, anybody can take it. Any, no matter what. Now, what if, they, what if they book an appointment on that lead or get a hold of them? How do they keep the lead from getting thrown to the sharks? 
uh, in our database. They just have to make notes. Make, so, so long yes, as they, they make notes, it's, it won't. It will. They'll automatically stop it and say, "I'm yeah. not going to feed it to the sharks." Uh, yeah. So I've got we've got a virtual assistant who reads through the 40 leads that came in yesterday. You know, at 9 a.m. or at 10 a.m., she's starting to read through the the 40 leads, and um, any of them that have notes that they've actually been spoken with, they get to stay with that agent. You know, so and any of them that don't, they get thrown into the hopper. I love that, right? Yeah. I mean, you're like, it's like tick, 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 tick. It's like the first 48, the TV show, right? If your chances of closing the lead in the first 48 hours drop in half if you don't schedule an appointment with them or something like that, right? Yeah, and then, so what's so cool about this is the next day, which is today, the lead's been being called probably two or three more times by different agents who are mojoing through the leads from yesterday. So not only is there intense focus the day we get it, but there's intense focus each day going forward. That's awesome. That's awesome. What about phone apps? What, what's a cool phone app that you're using? <laughs> yeah, I know you said you would ask that question. My favorite app right now is the iOS update that, um, that the iPhone did. Why? When I'm driving, it doesn't allow me to receive text messages. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine does that too, yeah. Freaking love that. I, and I, I, for years, I've been looking for this app because my self-discipline was low on not looking at text messages. And so they, like, I, was, I searched for, to find an app that was like that like maybe four or five different times. Um, so the fact that they just built it into their phone is, is awesome. It's going to save lives. Yeah, and it texts the people back and says, I am driving, I don't get texts. Right. You know, and uh, I, I love it. And then if you try to log in, it's, it makes you go through a process where you have to do the thumbprint and say, I am not driving. Click a button that says, <laughs> I am not driving. Yeah, so the, the hardcore addicts to texting and driving are just going to go ahead and say, I'm not driving. But it's going to set barrier. It's going to deter some people like me. Um, like I, I took a picture of my children and taped it to my steering wheel. And, I, and under it, I said, uh, Matt, your kids deserve to have a dad. Don't text and drive. And like I had to get that personal with it to stop because I'm, you know, I'm driving down the road like this about to kill myself to make a few extra real estate deals, which who cares? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I am shocked at the amount of people that still text and drive. Man, it's everybody. Say so just, just look. It is everybody. Yeah. You stop and look at, get to a stoplight, look left and you, like the two people next to you are doing this. Even driving down the road, if you get, you know, parallel with people, you look at them, you're like, are you kidding me, dude? You know, I mean, it's amazing the amount of people that still do it. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, it, it can wait. Like the bumper sticker says, it can wait. Right. You know? So, okay. So you've been, at, you've been at this for a while now, 11 years or so, right? You got, you know, what, what would you say um, a failure that you've had? Can you tell a story about a failure that you've had and, and what you learned from it that other people listening might learn from? Man, I've had a lot of failures. Uh, the biggest one that almost knocked us out of business, I tried to save some money and hire a local accountant to do my payroll because he wasn't going to charge $30 a month like ADP. He was going to charge $15 a month as part of my accounting fees. And, um, and I let him do that. And then he, uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll just change your notice address to me, to my office for all the IRS and state notices um, so that you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff and uh, it'll keep you focused on doing what you do best. And it all just sounded so wonderful. And then three years later, 
I got a $180,000 bill from the government that said that I hadn't paid payroll taxes and there were 60,000 in penalties uh, because the payroll had been mispaid. And um, at the time, like $180,000 was beyond my means. And uh, I had to take a second mortgage out of my house to pay it off and had to hire forensic accountants and new accountants. There was like 29,000 or 30,000 in accounting bills just to fix the mess that had been created by me trying to save $15 a month. And, um, you know, I think, I think that the thing that's cool about that is that we, I, I got my team together and I said, you know, just transparency, like I made a mistake and uh, we're all in jeopardy and we, we can go ahead and fold right now or we can go ahead and, and, and get better. And um, so we slashed costs. We got down to just the essentials, what was making us money, what's not making us money. We cut everything that wasn't making us money. And we, and like I, I worked a lot harder. Everybody rolled up their sleeves and worked hard. And then we came out of it. We paid that bill back by April. Uh, we got it in January. So four months later, we paid the whole bill back. And we were so much stronger that year. And I think it's because we got focused. Yeah. It's totally worthwhile to overpay for accountants, I believe, lawyers, and, and, and especially in bookkeeping and, and have several fingers in there, right? Don't just have one person controlling it. You know, have a payroll company and an accountant and a bookkeeper. You know, the more people looking at it, the better, right? Whenever you give somebody control, I was part of a, an office not too long ago, um, an investor in an office where the bookkeeper was a control freak and he was able to convince the owners, uh, myself included, that you know everything was copacetic and ended up he stole over $200,000 from the company uh, without them knowing it for about three or four years. So, it, and, and I've heard it over and over again. You know, you cannot give someone else control. I, I, I know another agent that's been on this show several times that actually had um, a similar situation to yours with the address. And this bookkeeper was basically taking loans from the credit line and not paying them back. And uh, everything was addressed to her. So she, you know, ended up st taking about the same amount, 200 grand. Sure. from him and he never got it back you know and this is the thing man and i don't i can't remember what year this was at this point but you're 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 i'm the top sales agent in my company i don't know how to manage people i'm managing staff i'm managing agents i'm trying to figure out marketing i'm trying to drive sales in accounting and bookkeeping and all that shit is just not your focus because if you don't have money if you're not bringing in sales you don't have anything to account for so, you know, all, everybody makes the same mistake in that regard. It's because you have to drive sales. So your focus is marketing and sales and, and maybe team building and figuring out how to keep great employees. And you're going to put that accounting to the side. But I don't know. So if you tell people to figure out accounting and don't focus on marketing and sales, maybe, the, maybe they'll, they'll fail a lot harder, you know? Yeah, well... <laughs> I think that um, it's not that, you, you, and you're right, they'll fail harder, I mean, but I, I, think they, I think the key is you have to kind of get used to reading, at least reading the reports. You know, having people do reports, but read them. Spend time, if you're not good at reading them, you know, get one of your staff to sit down and read it with you and say, what does this mean, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I read, so I read the book by Greg Crabtree, Simple Numbers, Big Profits. 
Mm. I don't know if you've read that one, but it's no, no. awesome, short accounting book. And I, I read that book and I learned accounting and I learned how to focus on making a profit. And at the time we were at 5% profit. I read that book. We jumped to 15% profit the next year because this whole focus is what's your profit percent. And I learned how to l- really read the numbers. And then like after this accountant, I just called Greg who lives in Alabama. And I was like, Greg, will you be my accountant? And I flew him into Charleston and he's my accountant. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Mine's in Texas and I live in South Carolina. It doesn't matter where they are. Sure. You just need somebody good. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So um, let's talk about listing appointments because now you've got these agents that you're super training them now on how to close listings better than Matt did, right? right. So, yes. so tell me, and this is, an, uh, this is an angle question, right? How, how can I, if I'm a, a new agent, I'm a solo agent, I'm an agent who doesn't have the firepower that Matt does. I don't have the big name, but I'm a damn good agent. How do I beat you on a listing presentation or how do I beat someone from your team on a listing presentation? Yeah, man, it's it's a great question. And the number one reason that somebody's going to hire you is that they like you. Um, So if we lose, it's because we got outfriended by the other agent. The other agent built a better relationship, connected stronger, was better friends than our agent was. And and our agents aren't losing based on merit or marketing or how much we're going to spend or how many homes we've sold or what success we've had in their neighborhood because we've done better than everybody in those metrics. If we lose a listing, it's because they like the other person better than they like our person. So um, to a new agent, you just need to figure out, I'd read everything you can on building rapport on how to make connections, on matching and mirroring, on pacing and leading. Uh, And you have to make a connection with both the husband and the wife and connect with them outside of just real estate. So what I train our agents to do is that connection is number one. And so even us with all the stats, I'm like stats in your presentation don't mean shit if you don't connect. Um, so what we, we, we tour the home, we're looking for things inside the home that we can relate to the things that we like, so we can compliment them on those things. Uh, things like what school they went to, if they're into sports and we're into sports, anything we can talk about where they're going to like us and see that we're common and the same. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So what I'm hearing is 
take your time, right? Don't be one of these whiz bang uh, listing appointments because you won't get it, right? Don't, you know, don't be in and out. Allow them to go with you when you're touring because that is a rapport building activity. It's not, you know, a lot of agents say, oh, it's a waste of time. Uh, you guys wait here and I'm going to tour through the house. No, no, no. Uh, Use that to say, oh, your kids play hockey. My son plays hockey. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I tell my agents it's a requirement that both the husband and the wife tour the home with you. And if the wife is like cooking dinner and, and she's like, oh, I'll send him, he'll show you. We, we, we have a script to pull her in. We say, you know what? We're probably going to sell this home to another couple with a husband and a wife like the two of you. And the female perspective is probably more important because we all know that the, the wives make the decisions. So it'd be really valuable if you could walk this home with us and tell me what you like about it so I can sell it to other people that are like you and get her to come with me. Because if I connect with the husband on sports and football and all that and I don't have any connection with her, um, she can veto hiring me and hire the person that, that did connect with her. Right, and then someone else connects with her right. because she's not cooking because they came at 3 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. and she's like, well, I really like you know this person better. Yeah, and then the husband, he just wants his wife to be happy, so he'll say, sure. And it could be the other way. Like the husband could say, hey, she'll show you around. I have work to do. And he'll go set, you know, work on his computer or whatever he's going to be busy tinkering with, and I'll use the same script on him because I need both of them to connect with me. And then I'll, if one won't go, then when we sit down at the table to go over stats and presentations, I, I tell my agents, you cannot start until you've connected for at least 10 minutes with both parties. So I just have them sit there and ask them questions about where they're going, even though they know all this information, to build that rapport again. Wow. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, so you said the number one source, you're going SOI is your number one source of business. That's buyers and sellers, right? Right, yep. What sort of follow-up programs are you using currently, other than right, calling them, or, mm -hmm. or if that's it, then tell me that's it to ensure that people are coming back to you and your agents? Yeah, you know, we could do even more on that. Uh, but we're, we've got them in our database, which is Infusionsoft. We've got um, a campaign that tells the agent to call them every six months. We text them every six months as well. So they're getting a phone call or a text every quarter. Uh, and then we use viral marketing to send two videos a month. And we have each quarter, we have two events, two charity events, and we'll invite our sphere of influence to build a house with Habitat or stop by our office and drop off Low Country Food Bank at Christmas time and we'll match whatever they drop off. But we, we link our SOI events to charity um, because it allows us to give back. Uh, and it also, a lot of our clients just love it because they're not, they, everybody wants to be charitable and they're not, not everybody is. And so they look to, when we ask them to be charitable, they say, oh, yeah, this is awesome. This is my chance to give back to the community because Matter New Real Estate's uh, asking me to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's dig deep down on that because, you know, Habitat for Humanity is something that a lot of agents give to or, like you said, want to give to. So tell me about the process of setting that up. Let's say some people are listening now, which I hope they do, and they say, I want to do that. Tell yeah. them what to do and how to do it. So we call Habitat and we say, we're going to bring 60 volunteers, 30 in the morning, 30 in the afternoon to help build a house. 
what day can we do it? And they say, you know, in this case, it was a couple Fridays ago. We email our database and say, help us build a home for Habitat. Everybody who emails back, we say, do you want morning shift or afternoon shift? And then um, once we fill up with our 60 spots, anybody else that asks if they can join, we say we're going to do it again next year. Uh, Habitat's an awesome cause. If you'd like to donate to them, you can here. And then the day of, we just show up and put on our tool belts and, and build a house. So you don't have to fund said house. You just have to work at said house, right? Yeah, and then, and, you know, and, then, and then we donate to them as well. We didn't, when we first started, we didn't have any money. We wouldn't. We would just go build the house. Um, and it was great. My whole team was there. And it's a real good bonding experience to build a house all day with, with your team members too. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people think, oh, no, I can't do Habitat because – if no one shows up, then I got to buy a house or build the house or, or raise money for the house. But that's not the case. You can just show up and work. And then if it morphs into something bigger where you happen to be the main sponsor, uh, that's a whole nother thing. And hopefully you'll get to that point. Sure. For, for us, it was just, we just picked a calendar. When we started this, we said, all right, there's 12 months in the year. We're going to do 12 things. Um, so what, and we just had January was empty, February was empty, March was empty and so on. And we just started to fill in, what are we going to do in January, February, March, April? And then we repeated the events we liked. So Habitat's been one that we've done now for five years because we really like it. Low Country Food Bank, this is just our second year. Pet Helpers in April, we've done for about four years. Um, we give tickets away to the baseball game. Uh, in, in May, we give tickets away to a movie on Daniel Island in August. So these are events that we don't have to think about anymore because we did them once and we liked them and we, we stuck with them. Yeah, that's awesome. And you just invite people and the way, to, the way they come is they got to tell you that they're coming. They got RSVP and then, and then you, again, you're not at risk too much, right? But because you're just only buying them out of movie tickets as people RSVP. That's it. That's awesome. Okay, so let's wrap this up, Matt, with our flagship question, and that is this. If, if I were to take you, right, and put you on an island. Now, it's not a deserted island. It's an island with a lot of commerce. People are buying and selling real estate. But I make it a game show, and I take nine other real estate agents, and I put them all there the same day as I put you there. I give each agent $1,000, a laptop, and a cell phone. Whoever sells the most houses in the first six months on this island wins $10 million. How are you going to win this game show? Yeah, so, you know, to sell homes in six months, you'd want to focus on buyers. Uh, but I, that's not the way I'd set up my business because buyers take all my time. So I would focus on, on sellers. And then if I didn't win the $10 million, I didn't win the $10 million. Um, but I think the premise is if I'm a new agent and I'm just getting started and I need to sell as many houses as I can in a market, how do I do it quickly? Um, and so for me, if you, if you parachute me into a town I've never been in and you give me a thousand dollars and a phone, I'm going to start with expired and for sale owners. And I'm just going to call every expired and for sale owner every single morning at 8 a.m. And I'm going to go back this past year and I'm going to go back the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. And that's going to be my start. Um, and then I'd focus on, okay, what else is really cheap as far as seller leads go? And that's just neighborhood calls. So we would, I'd pick up a dialer like Mojo and a database like Cole, and I would call all around the most expensive neighborhoods because the more expensive the houses, the more commission, the more sales. 
And um, I'd find out who in those neighborhoods is thinking of selling. And I'd put them in my database and, and build a pipeline of people that are going to be selling this year. Sounds like you put the phone to your ear and you wouldn't take it off. No, that's it, man. And, you know, I tell my agents 20 conversations. If I'm trying to win a game show like that, just have 100 conversations a day. That's awesome, Matt. Well, listen, this, is, this has been great, buddy. I, um, I really appreciate you coming on. As you know, everybody that comes on the show contributes uh, to our agent toolbox, and uh, we take the item of utility that they contribute, and of course, we put it on their show notes, so anybody can look and send Matt a referral, reach out to Matt and say, hey, thank you, uh, by going to hybendigital.com backslash Matt O'Neill. Right, and it's N E I L L, Matt with two T's and then two L's at the end. Your gift is a net income worksheet. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, and again, this is for a, a new agent that's trying to figure out how can I be the most successful that I possibly can. Um, and everybody, I'll tell you, I talk to so many new agents, so many people interview with me and and, and want to work at our company. And I'm always trying to flush out the ones that think that they can sell homes on Facebook or email or create a marketing campaign that's just going to drive business into their lap versus the ones that know that they need to pick up the phone and make a bunch of phone calls because that's how sales are made. And um, this net income worksheet says, how much do I want to make this year in, in income? And then it, it, goes, it breaks it down. So if I need that much, how many homes do I need to sell? If I need those many homes, how many clients do I need to sign? How many appointments do I need to set? And then ultimately, how many phone calls do I need to make each day? And, it, and if you look at how many calls do I need to make today, how many appointments do I need to set, and how many clients do I need to sign to hit my income goal, and you do that consistently every single day, then you'll hit your goal. And if you don't do that, then you won't hit your goal. It's just that simple. Bottom line. Well, that, that's an awesome thing to have, and I really appreciate you sharing that. So, guys, if you want it, go to hybendigital.com backslash Matt O'Neill, and it's O-N-E-I-double-L. And Matt has two T's and O'Neill has two L's. Or you could go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or text the word toolbox to 444-999 and you can get Matt's net income worksheet as well as all the other gifts that guests have given. Matt, thanks so much, buddy. And since you're in Charleston and so am I, we will definitely be connecting in the very near future. I look forward to it, Pat. Thanks for having me on, man. This episode is brought to you in full by Rebus University, the future of real estate training. Go now to www.rebusuniversity.com and use the coupon code ROCK for 20% off your first course. Double your commissions now with Rebus University. Thank you for turning into Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast, and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening, and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben, and keep rocking.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.